This is Dr. Tim Waters. I'd like to thank you for joining me in this session, Leadership Level 3, Team Leadership. And I hope you'll be able to hear the other three podcasts in this series, The Four Levels of Leadership. If you'd like to take notes, I encourage you to download free worksheets from the web. Just go to this address, www.drtw.net slash new leader. Again, that's drtw.net slash new leader. Now, I don't claim to be an expert on the topic of leadership, but my years in church work and years as a college professor have shown me lots of things. If I can help new leaders avoid unnecessary mistakes, then I feel that it's well worth our time to go through these sessions together. As I shared in the previous podcast, the second leadership level is Team Asset. After this current podcast, Leadership Level 3, Team Leadership, there is one more level ahead, Leadership Level 4, Multiplication. But before we focus on this idea of leading a team, let me share this. This third level may be the most difficult for you so far, and here's why. Some don't feel ready or qualified for a leadership role and would prefer not to be put in charge. These folks will need to trust God in stepping out into an exciting new season since some stretching is going to happen. Then others may be so ready to be in charge that waiting on God and not running ahead of Him might be a real challenge. But regardless of where you find yourself as you look ahead to team leadership, this time we're spending together can help you avoid some costly mistakes in leading other people. You know, there's no way we can possibly cover everything in a single session. There's so much we could discuss in this critical level of team leadership. So please stay tuned for future sessions that allow us to dig deeper into key topics. But in this session, we can at least lay the foundation for later. So, assuming you're excited about leadership, here's an important question. Why would you want to lead? Before I'm in charge of situations or other people, this is a great time to check my own motives. Will I wait on God to promote me or will I manipulate the situation in order to get the position I desire? Be very careful here. Leadership positions aren't always the way they seem from the outside. Every role has its pros and cons, and only God knows for sure which roles truly fit you best. Forcing the issue can lead to a season of hardship God didn't intend. Will my leadership be all about me, or will I seek God's best for those I will serve? Is too much ambition a part of the picture? Do I want to lead because I believe it's God's best for me, or is there something else driving me? Competition, being disgruntled, needing the attention. But what if selfish or career ambition aren't the issue? What if I'm not so ready to charge ahead? If I'm feeling reluctant to lead at this point, will I fully accept my new leadership if it becomes clear that this is the role God wants for me? Before accepting a leadership role, prayer is vital to succeeding in the seasons ahead since it helps me prepare for what's coming. Once I know God's plan and intent for my leadership, I can move ahead or wait with confidence. But before we focus on your new leadership job description in a general way, let's look at the overall kind of leader you'll be expected to be, and that is the servant leader. Being a leader through serving is often a foreign concept in some places and especially outside the church. The world system of leadership often is so competitive that some will do whatever it takes to succeed. As a result, we see power plays happening all the time in the areas of business, politics, and even in the entertainment industries. The result of all this maneuvering is that sometimes innocent people get hurt. But because we Christian leaders are called to a unique type of leadership, we must pass the test of servanthood. It's important to understand that the way leadership works out in the world at large doesn't always work in the setting of ministry leadership. In 1 Peter chapter 5, we see specific information about how a leader is to approach his or her own leadership within the body of Christ. 
Verse three of this chapter speaks about not lording our leadership authority over our followers, but rather looking after them by being examples to them. Jesus charged Peter to feed my sheep. Anyone can simply give orders and tell others what to do, but true leadership is more than simply being in charge and enjoying the benefits of being the leader. It's about wanting the best for those you lead and not just focusing on the personal perks that come with a leadership role. The most effective leaders display genuine concern for those being served. Most people can tell when a leader has true concern for them, there's simply no substitute for it. And we show that concern by serving those we lead. Not only is it a goal to be a serving kind of leader, but another important goal is in becoming a balanced leader. As I said earlier, some don't feel ready to lead while others can't wait for the chance. Sometimes these pre-leadership attitudes can help predict potential danger zones a new leader might encounter. For example, being timid can create as many issues for a new leader as can being too bold or aggressive. The goal is to find a balance that fits your personality and giftings so that you can offer the right things to followers at the right time. To better understand a balanced approach to leadership, let's look at a couple of extremes. First, let's talk about the victim leader. If we were to put leadership approaches onto a continuum, then one extreme of leadership might be on the left side of the page, and we could call this the victim leadership style. This label applies to a leader who has taken a view of himself or herself as a victim in life and is now leading others with this kind of view. The problem with this extreme type of leadership is that it tries to lead from a point of personal weakness. If this leader were to wear a t-shirt with a motto on it, it might say this, I'm a doormat and whatever goes wrong is all my fault. I knew I would fail anyway. Next, let's talk about the diva leader. At the opposite end of our leadership extremes, we have the diva leadership style. You know what a diva is, right? This is the person who thrives on being in the spotlight and being the center of attention, but yet is so high maintenance that getting along with others is often difficult. This leader's t-shirt might read, it's all about me, I'm a star, don't make me look bad. Maybe you've seen leaders at both extremes, and maybe you've seen leaders who fit somewhere in between. And maybe you've seen a leader who knows how to succeed somewhere in the middle with a good balance of leadership qualities. If the victim leader is on the far left and the diva leader is on the far right, then the balanced leader is right in the middle. The balanced leader knows how to be gentle when needed while not getting run over. But this leader also knows how to be firm when needed without running over other people. Speaking of balance, now let's take a look at how others look at you, the leader. Because once you're in leadership, there will be expectations about your leadership. Expectations of the new leader. Not everyone can verbalize what it is they expect you to be able to do, and sometimes you only find out about these expectations after having made some mistakes first. But be encouraged that any organization that takes you seriously as a leader is probably serious enough to discuss an actual job description with you before you get started. This is helpful because a job description does two main things in the beginning. First, it tells you what will be expected of you in this role. And to a degree, it also tells you what is not part of your responsibility. For leadership involved in the area of ministry, I think it's safe to look at some specific categories that will fit any one season of leadership. Though there are four levels of overall leadership, team leadership also involves three areas of leadership. And if you're operating within the realm of ministry, then you'll most likely be leading in these three areas. Pastoral leadership, administrative leadership, and then specialized leadership. 
meaning your focus area or your area of expertise, be it with youth, children, music, or whatever. As a new leader, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect or have lots of experience in any of these areas. But what it does mean is that eventually you'll want to be strong in all three of these areas. Seeing yourself as a pastoral leader. First, let's look at your pastoral profile. Whether you realize it or not, most leaders in a ministry setting will be viewed by the average person as some kind of pastor. You may not be asked to share a message from a platform like a traditional senior pastor, but you could still be in a staff pastoral role, whether officially or more casually. In any event, you will be providing some degree of spiritual leadership. Now let's look at others' pastoral expectations of you. From those leading you, it may be something like this. We need you to help look after the welfare and spiritual well-being of the people who answer to you. From those who are following you, whether verbalized or not, the message could be, I may bring some of my personal needs and concerns to you at some point, or I may need you to hold me accountable in some areas, or even, by the way, I hope you're praying for me. This area of pastoral leadership offers the opportunity to pass another test, and that is the test of accountability. Without accountability, my newfound pastoral authority and influence have the potential to get off track and damage other people. So a decision must be made. Am I willing to let someone else hold me accountable? The Bible says that teachers and leaders will be held to a higher level of accountability. For the pastoral part of your leadership, this accountability comes in at least two areas. First, professional accountability, meaning answering to those above you. And then there is personal accountability, which means a friend or colleague who helps keep you on track spiritually, and this person might not be one of your supervisors. Often the best plan involves having an outside person as an accountability partner and someone who is removed from the close connections between you and your team. Being able to maintain a strong and consistent pastoral profile with your team will make a big difference in your leadership success. This is especially true when difficulties arise in other areas of your leadership. Since the pastoral side of you, the leader, will remind people that you continue to care about them even during trying times. Seeing yourself as an administrative leader. First, let's look at your administrative profile. You may not wear a suit and tie. You may or may not work in the traditional office setting, but there will always be an administrative side to your leadership. It may not take up all of your time and energy, and you may have to delegate some of this area to someone else, but you'll have to manage this area well if you want the other areas to succeed. Now let's look at others' administrative expectations of you. Those leading you might say, we need you to organize your area and keep up with it, or we need you to stay organized while staying flexible. Those following you might say, we need you to organize us and our area and keep up with everything, including the people. Keeping your own life in order and at peace is key here so that you can effectively lead others and gain their confidence in your leadership. Further, for you the leader, there is personal peace that comes from being organized and as prepared as possible with your team and those things surrounding it. At some point, you will encounter two tests in the administrative area of your leadership. The first is the test of team management, and the second one is the test of layered submission. First, let's look at the test of team management. As the team's leader, you'll often be involved in various aspects of team interactions, such as organizing schedules or refereeing minor disputes among team members. 
It's important to keep things in order and team members at peace with each other, but it's vital to see the bigger picture of team management. As leader of the team, you'll have lots to say in the team's roles and who fills them. And unless specific job descriptions limit your choices in these areas, you may have some real freedom in making these decisions. Team management involves two areas of people management and role management called delegation and rotation. These are vital to the team's success since they depend on which people are doing which roles among the team. So what is delegation? Let's clarify what it means to delegate things to people on your team. Delegating doesn't have to mean giving up control or authority. It simply means finding a way to let others learn and be more involved so they can better enjoy the team's success. Delegation won't create perfection, but it can make you and the team more productive and more effective. Delegating doesn't mean you're a lazy leader, but when it's done right, the load is better shared. For delegation to work best, accountability is vital between you, the leader, and team members. A good way to look at it might be this. Delegation plus accountability equals better teamwork. What is rotation? This is a concept I had to learn the hard way, making lots of mistakes along the way. Rotation simply means that you, the leader, ask the team members to take turns as much as possible, covering various roles among the team. Understand that not every team member or every role will fit rotation every time. This depends on each team's situation. But if rotation of team members is handled the right way, it can bring even more success for the team and hopefully more peace along the way. But why rotate? Well, teams function best when the right people are in the right roles. If you never change things up, then how do you know you have a good match between people and their roles? In short, rotation helps address things. First, it helps team members avoid too much ownership of certain roles. It also reveals hidden gifts and abilities among the team members. And it helps a team member see when his chosen role is or isn't working for him. And rotation creates depth in the team so that certain roles can be covered by more than one person. And also so that no one person can disrupt the team's momentum with wrong attitudes or actions. If rotation is handled in a fair, positive way, you will see certain things work themselves out among the team without unnecessary confrontations or strife. And along the way, you just might discover which team members are more likely to cooperate with you down the road. A good way to look at it might be this. Rotation plus communication equals a healthy team. You may find yourself succeeding at various things in your leadership season, but two strong measures of that success are delegation and rotation. Beyond delegation and rotation, also good communication is vital to successful team management. Another aspect of good team management involves how and when to communicate with the team. Consider some realities. If you don't communicate enough with the team, then some people will feel like they're in the dark. This can cause issues for the team in daily interaction and overall morale. If you communicate too much information with the team, then this can overwhelm some of the team members, which can also cause issues for the team. If you communicate sensitive or privileged information to the team, then this undermines your standing with leaders above you and with those around you who have trusted you. Also, if you communicate sensitive or privileged information to only one or a few team members, this can cause issues among the team as well. And further, it's possible that the sensitive information becomes widely known anyway, further undermining the trust others have in you. 
Because it's so easy to make mistakes in this area of communication, this is a great area in which to make yourself accountable to the leadership above you. If delegation, rotation, and communication are going well for you and the team, then you're very likely passing the test of team management. Now, that was a lot of information we just covered, but I felt it was important for you to understand the test of team management. Now let's look at the second test of your administrative leadership area, the test of layered submission. Just because I'm in charge of a team, it doesn't mean I always have the last word. This position might be better called middle leadership because it's rare that a new leader is quickly put in charge of an entire organization all at once. Most leaders are leading somewhere in the middle between upper and lower levels of authority. There are those on the team who answer to you, but there are also one or more leaders above you who supervise your leadership. Understanding where you fit in all this can make things go much better for you. How do you know if you're ready to pass the test of layered submission? First, it starts with an attitude. Are you as willing to serve those above you as much as you're willing to serve the team that's following you? One way to make sure you're on track is to be intentional in communicating with leaders above you. Understand that leaders above you want things to go well. This is often what drives their actions and decisions. Here are some tips for communicating well with those above you. First, busy leaders don't always have the time or perspective to clearly see the situations you deal with every day. So communicating things in a respectful way is key. When your turn comes to have the attention of the leader above you, be ready to communicate in a concise way. In other words, headlines work better than full stories, and bullet points work better than full paragraphs. If the supervising leader wants more information than your headlines, then he or she can ask for it as needed. Leaders above you expect discretion. Said another way, don't assume that things discussed behind closed doors are for other ears to hear. Understand that your ability to keep some things private will help you pass tests when it comes to leaders above you being able to trust you in the future. When in doubt, ask the supervising leader for guidance in a given matter. It's also helpful to find out which form of communication best fits each leader above you. One leader may prefer texting or emails all through the day and night. Another leader may prefer a printed memo with items condensed down into a few main points. And yet another leader may prefer for you to simply drop by and talk about things. But regardless of communication styles, the more you can maintain good communication with those above you, the better things will go for your team. Because as the team leader, you are an advocate for your team. In addition to good communication, it's also important to understand the importance of good cooperation between yourself and the leaders above you. As I said earlier, the leaders above you want things to go well. As a result, another unspoken expectation from them toward you might be this. We want you to cooperate in helping us meet our goals, while at the same time you're leading your team toward its goals. Getting all that done takes cooperation. On paper, cooperation looks very easy and doable, but it's in the day-to-day -day dynamics that sometimes we see challenges. Just as there needs to be balance in the other areas of your leadership, this area will also need balance, and I'd like to briefly touch on some thoughts that could help keep you in good standing with the leaders above you. First, our society and culture teach us that being too helpful to a boss is the same as being a yes man. This is a good time to think about that. Can I find a balance between being helpful yet still being my own person? Can I establish healthy boundaries with the leaders above me without coming across as too independent or difficult to work with? To help you work through some of these things, here are some more realities to consider. 
being helpful and cooperative does not necessarily equal being a yes man, going along with anything and everything that happens. But being overly helpful can undermine the respect you want from those above you and those following you. Again, there's a balance to all this. On the other hand, being stubborn or uncooperative all the time isn't good either. This is not a sign of personal strength, which is where many people get off track. Being difficult doesn't produce respect, it only produces distance. It's okay and even expected that you will stand your ground here and there on some things, but pick your battles wisely. When you start any relationship, the other person usually sees you with a full relational bank account. Said another way, you'll get the benefit of the doubt for a while. But remember that as you and leaders above you work together day after day, you'll need to put relational money back into that account every time you make a withdrawal. This is how healthy working relationships stay on track, with healthy give and take. Now, it may take some time to find the right balance for where you are, but that's normal. You'll eventually figure out what fits best for your situation. And when in doubt, ask others for feedback on how you're doing. Being proactive and consistent in your communication and cooperation with those leading you is a good sign that you're passing the test of layered submission. So far, we focused on the pastoral and administrative areas of your leadership. Now let's focus on you seeing yourself as a specialized leader. First, let's look at your specialized profile. To other leaders in your organization, often someone like yourself will represent talents, knowledge, and skill sets they may not have. As a result, you may be looked at as the expert in your area, whether it's music, youth, or whatever. And this can happen whether you feel fully qualified in it or not. Or at the very least, they may see you as stronger or more focused in that area than anyone else. Now let's look at others' expectations of your specialty. Those leading you might say, We need you to be strong in your specialized area and do it well. Those following you might say, We hope you're better at this than the rest of us, since we need a strong leader to lead us forward. So why is being a specialized leader so important? Well, because teams are specialized. Teams differ from other kinds of groups. Some groups get together to just enjoy getting together. But teams get together in order to accomplish things. And as the leader of a team, you'll eventually need to pass another test. The Test of Team Success As important as the pastoral and administrative areas of your leadership are, the reality is that those areas may only directly impact members of your team and few people beyond that team. However, the specialized area of your leadership has the potential to impact many others depending on the situation. Some teams work in relative obscurity while other teams function more in the public eye. But regardless of who evaluates your leadership of the team, at some point your progress is measured by some form of success. The good news is that all three areas of your leadership can work together to create that success. Think of your team leadership success as being like a strong tree. The pastoral and administrative areas of your leadership are like the roots growing in healthy soil under the surface. They support the success of the tree we all see above ground, which represents your specialized area of leadership. When trying to establish success in your team leadership, challenges will almost always come. And the challenges can come from two very different directions in the form of successes or difficulties. Regardless of where these challenges come from, each challenge will require patience in order to help the team navigate through and stay on track. First, let's talk about the challenge of team difficulties. Will I still be willing to lead if and when others get credit for my ideas or hard work? 
or if others misunderstand me as the leader or what I'm about, or if I begin to see more flaws in those around me, will I still be willing to lead when the process of leadership sometimes humbles me or even humiliates me? Now let's talk about the challenge of team successes. When things go well, will I be willing to share credit for that success? Willing to trust others to take risks? And will I be willing to continue to push forward toward more success? Be encouraged that no matter what kinds of challenges you face, God is ready and waiting to lead you with wisdom and grace. Further, don't be afraid to lean on the leaders in your life to get the support and help you'll need to get through those challenges. After all, God isn't asking you to go solo here. If you, the leader, can point to success in the pastoral and administrative areas, then you'll know there's a balance to go with the more obvious or public success in your specialized area. All this balance can show you progress in passing the test of team success. So what kinds of things can hold me back at the team leadership level? Well, let's assume you're successfully passing the various tests of leadership and you're navigating well through your leadership season. It still pays to be aware of potential hazards along the way. Here are a few things that can get in the way of your successful leadership. First, showing up late on a regular basis. Being late all the time is bad enough when you're on a team, but constantly being late when you're in charge of the team sends negative messages, whether you intend to or not. Messages like, I've got better things to do, or you're not that important to me, or even I'm better than you. Another trap is assuming too much authority. There's a big difference between being invited to be on the bus as a new leader versus being invited to drive the bus. This is where good communication with higher leadership is so important. And then there's not taking responsibility as the leader of your team or area, always blaming others when things go wrong, or not following up to inspect or review delegated items. And then there's taking political sides during difficult seasons. It's often difficult to remain neutral in certain situations, but it can also be costly to take sides among leaders and team members. And then finally, showing little or no interest in one or more of the three areas of team leadership, be it pastoral, administrative, or specialized. It's okay to not be strong in a given area, but neglecting it or putting little into it will usually backfire on you at some point. So then what kinds of things can help me succeed at this level of leadership? Well, first, honoring and respecting the time of people around you. Making time for them shows them you care about them, but not wasting their time shows them you respect them. And then they're staying submitted to the leadership above you. This doesn't mean always agreeing about everything, but it does mean navigating through disagreement respectfully. And then there is standing up for your team when it counts. Remember, you're not just the team's leader, you're also the team's advocate. And then spending enough time with God so that you can continue to be the kind of leader your followers need. As you may be starting to realize, leadership is not an easy role to fill, but it can be extremely rewarding. One last test awaits you at this third level of leadership, and it is the test of team leader. The successes of all the other tests combine to help this test go well. It's the test of team leader that shows me myself. Let's look at some personal issues that might get in the way. First, can I handle those people who are better or more talented than I am? People who are more outgoing and popular than I am? 
or are weaker or quieter than I am? What about people of the opposite sex or from a different background or people that are just plain different from me? Another question is this, will I quit when things are difficult or will I stick it out and let God sort it out? As you will soon find, one of the biggest measures of leadership integrity is being able to stay put and stay faithful on those days when you think you want out. If you remember nothing else from this podcast, remember this. You can change zip codes, but you can't outrun God's season for your life. Sometimes the best way to finish a season is to walk through it in its entirety. On the positive side, let's look at some personal goals. First, will I inspire my team to reach higher? Will I seek God's vision for the team and share it, allowing the team to plan ahead and see the big picture? Will I show enough attention to detail so that important steps and people are not overlooked? And will I keep a willingness to continue to learn along the way? In other words, as team leader, will I commit to giving my best to each member of the team, even as I lead the team as a whole? This last test, the test of team leader, may take some time to work through. For some, it could take years. But the main thing is to purpose to keep growing and getting better here season after season. The book of Esther chapter 4 verse 14 says this, And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. If you feel that God has called you into a season of leadership, then he will continue to lead you, guide you, and equip you toward the success that comes with being the right kind of leader. Thanks again for being a part of this session today. Leadership Level 3, Team Leadership. I hope you're now more aware of what it takes to have success on this level so that other good things can happen later for your leadership. Again, being a leader, and especially in ministry, is not the easiest job you could ever do. But then again, it could very well be the most important. I invite you to join me for the next podcast in this series. It's called Leadership Level 4, Multiplication. And you can find the free worksheets at drtw.net slash newleader. Again, that's drtw.net slash newleader. Again, this is Dr. Tim Waters, and I'm praying for God's best as you walk forward in your leadership journey.